0: Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another great show. I'm really excited today because uh, in the main segment, we're going to be talking about how bright does your light need to be. So stay tuned for that for sure. Definitely the Don't want you to miss out on that one. That's a good one. I'm excited about that. A lot of people have questions about that. Um, You know, how bright, how many watts do I need? How many foot candles do I need? How I measure this stuff? What does it all mean? Um, We're going to talk about that today. But first, I want to dive in quickly to some lighting news. (laughs) Alright, so today's lighting news isn't really um, a new product or anything, but I just wanted to talk for a minute about the uh, the new GrandMA3 Executor Knob feature, because I think it can relate to a lot of us in our lighting, uh, just with control overall, and so I just want to kind of put some thoughts out there, put some thoughts in your head, um, because I think this is going to apply to you, whether you're an MA user or not, even if you use a very simple console. And so... Basically, with the new Grand MA 3 that's coming out soon, I mean, they've announced it, they've got models on the show floor, but um, I think they're shipping in the summer at some point. They have a new feature, which is kind of makes the console look like an audio console, because they put a knob over top of each fader, each main playback fader, on the desk. And so, what does this do? Well, it, it does a couple things. So basically in the past on on MA or you know many other consoles you often have the choice of what you want a given fader to control okay so you can have a fader that can be controlling um you know the intensity of the lights you can have a fader that instead controls maybe the effect speed or the effect size or have a fader controlling you know one or more of those things and and this isn't just in the MA world This works in MPC and other consoles as well, in HOG and all sorts of consoles. There are often different ways to be able to control different things by moving a fader, a slider, up and down. And in the MA world in particular, you've always been able, since the MA1, um, to, if you want, make a given fader, like two or three faders wide, so you can have one fader controlling you know the intensity one maybe controlling the effects size one controlling maybe the effects speed um, you know there's there's some different options there and so what ma has done with this new executor knob feature and i'm going to link to a youtube video um that they showed um they made a couple of weeks ago that kind of shows it off is it allows you to really condense that down in safe space and i think this is something that's cool and something that we're gonna see in other consoles because you're now able to go ahead and have access to a second parameter, a second type of fader control basically on a knob above the main fader. And so the reason this is really cool is because now I can have my fader. Maybe my fader is running um, the effects size or maybe I want it to run intensity, but then on the knob, maybe I want effects size. Maybe I want the effects uh, amount, uh, the effects size, or maybe I want the effects speed. Maybe I want you know, some sort of offset control. Um, the possibilities are really endless, and so I think it's really cool what they've um, done there and, and the way that they're setting a precedent in the industry for, for something new and something innovative. Now, granted, a lot of you guys, if you're familiar with the MA line of products, you know that they're... You know pretty pricey i mean this is you know a top of the line top end console and um you know it has a high price tag to go with it so you know i've been thinking about it and even if you're you know maybe you're in the martin world and you're MIDI mapping with the uh, mpc tools or the new version called show cockpit you know you could emulate something like this with the right midi controller just by using some different override faders and uh getting some similar control like that too but i think you know it's a really good way to expand your mind and just Anytime I hear about a new feature like this, I'm I'm always thinking about, okay, how can I apply this to other consoles or other, you know, programming or other, other things I'm doing, but use this, you know, new attribute, this new attribute of this console to really open my mind and really help me think about, okay, how can I get better and more fine and easier control of the lights and more natural control of the lights in my show. So hats off to M.A. for uh, coming out with that. I think it's pretty cool. And uh, I think it can really, you know, open your mind to some new things. Now, let's dive into our main segment. This week on the show, I want to talk about how much light do you really need, okay? And while I'd like to just be able to shout out an arbitrary answer, you know, Eighty foot candles was one um early on in my career that I heard and I you know still kind of uses a benchmark but the truth is there is no end all be all this is the right brightness for your stage lighting so how in the world do you figure out how bright you need to run your lights and this is going to be whether you already have lights or maybe you're looking at lights you haven't bought stuff yet but you're looking at different lights and. You need to figure out, okay, how bright of a light do I need to buy? Um, and, and this is really a loaded question. So the first thing that we're going to look about look at is how much ambient light is there in your room, right? Because lighting is all about contrast. And so if there is a lot of existing light in the room, you know, you can think about going to an outdoor concert during the daytime, right? the lighting rig, they just have it all on at full, and to tell you the truth, it doesn't do a ton, right? You know, when the clouds come over, you're able to see everything clearly, but certainly when the sun's out and it's not behind a cloud, the lighting doesn't do much. You know, it flashes and changes colors behind them, but it's not super effective because there's so much ambient light around. You need brighter light to get that contrast. And so when we talk about brightness and lighting... It's really all a contrast game. So how much light is there? Are you in a a music venue where it's dark or the lights are all the way out or close to it? You know, then in that case, you know, say you're setting up for a band in the corner of a bar, you may not need much brightness at all. And too much brightness may be, you know, a little overwhelming and cause people to squint. Um, Appropriate at certain times of the show, but not all the time. You know, um, the other thing we want to talk about with contrast is, What else is there around the stage? Okay, so there's the overall light in the room, but then on the stage itself, is there some existing lighting that's on? Is there some lighting you can't turn off that's on, like some sort of house lights or sconces? Um, Is there projection? And if there's projection, you want to make sure when you're doing the lighting that you're certainly not blowing out the projection. You don't want to be much brighter than the projection. And in an ideal world, when you're lighting something and there's a projection screen, you want to have your lighting around the same brightness as the projection. One easy way to just kind of figure this out is if you go ahead and just take your phone, you know, with your camera, totally, you know, regular auto exposure, just pull that camera out, you know, ramp your lights, have the projection on them, possibly in you know, a white screen if that's going to be used during the show or service and um, and just hold your phone up and take a picture and look at that picture you know focus it. you know often on a lot of phones you could press on the stage light or on the projection and it's going to do the exposure on um, the auto exposure based on that point you touch as well as the focus and then take that picture and see how it looks does it look like the stage is overpowering the screens and the screens are too dark or vice versa um and the screen's just blowing out the stage and maybe you need brighter stage light. Maybe not. Maybe that's what you're going for. But at the end of the day, there isn't a number that you can just point to and say, okay, this is how bright the light needs to be. Now, I'm going to link to a post that talks about the different measurements for light, um, foot candles, lumen, and lux, and, and what those all mean so that you can have a little better understanding of that if this is new to you. But you know, before we we talk numbers and and even without going there because I don't think it's super necessary, you know, the brightness is is just going to depend on what does the room need? And then also, if there are cameras, if you're shooting video, what does the camera need, okay? So back, you know, 10 years ago, um, the cameras needed a lot more light than they need today. And it's going to depend on a couple things, of course. If you're up close with a camera, and and the lens isn't shooting far, you typically need less light. If the lens is shooting very far across a long room, you're typically gonna need more light. And in the same way that a camera lens works, human eyes are actually the same way. And so if you're expecting someone 300 feet away in the back of a room to be able to see the person clearly on stage, you need a, a, a slightly lighter, brighter light than for someone who's just 50 feet away or 100, um, you're going to need more brightness for someone from that far away to be able to see clearly what's on the stage. And then the other thing that I talk about here, I've talked about often, but I'll I'll link to the post as I always do, is just um, that more important than brightness in stage light is evenness. Okay, how even is your stage light? Um, is it You know, do you have hot spots and dark spots? Because when you have those, it's going to cause things to look dark in certain areas. Not only to our eyes, but especially to the camera because our eyes can do a lot for us. Um, It really can. Um, Our eyes really adjust to different lighting, even at different parts of the stage where, you know, some parts are lighter and some parts are darker. Um, And our eyes do that much better than a camera does. And so you definitely... um, you definitely want to go ahead and you know make sure that you're optimizing for both if, if necessary. And so, with that, guys, I think this is really all I'm going to talk about with this particular topic today. I know it's a little bit shorter of a segment, but you know I'm all about talking about and teaching something for the right amount of time um, that it needs, that the topic needs. I don't feel like I need to fill a 30 minute podcast um, if you know it's not a 30 minute segment. And I think you know ultimately. A lot of people overthink this brightness thing you know how bright does my light need to be i think a lot of people overthink it um it you there isn't an arbitrary number and to tell you the truth you know it's gonna vary situation to situation and, and it may be more flexible than you think so use the tips that i've talked about and just you know go ahead and experiment wherever you like and figure out what works best for you Work with you know video people if you've got cameras, if you've got projection, etc., and just figure out what's going to work best for you, and then I think you'll be happy. So let's dive into our mailbag. All right, everybody, welcome to today's mailbag section. Uh, today we've got a great question that I'm excited to answer from Nicole, and uh, she works in a small community theater. And her small stage needs a new lighting system. Um, So why does it need a new lighting system? Well, as she goes on to say here, they have an entirely analog system right now. Um, I'm not sure exactly what type of analog it is, if it's maybe something like MicroPlex or um, something uh, like um, an analog 010 volt. Um, There's there's some various old systems out there. And so I'm not sure exactly what she's got, but that's okay. with lights and 15 fuse boxes. And I assume what she's talking about here are uh, dimmer packs, what, what's dimming the lights. Um, that would be a, a typical system. And their lighting board is failing, so now they're looking into new options. Is there any way we can switch to a digital lighting console and fuse boxes and still keep the analog lights? Um, what I have any recommendations for a theater that's all volunteer-based? Um, thank you for any information you can provide us. So, Nicole... Um, here's a few thoughts. I'm going to kind of think through this and, and share with you my thoughts because I don't have quite all the information here. So I'm going to show you the different roads um, that, that you could potentially go down and then um, just kind of talk through, you know, the steps to get there on each one. So the first thing is that um, you're a small volunteer run community theater. And so what, what I hear from that, what I know from that, from my experience is that, um, you know, you guys don't have a lot of extra money lying around. It's not like you you know, just have money lying around. And so it's important to make this the most cost-effective uh, project as possible, all right? And so my first suggestion is if you like the functionality that you're getting out of your old analog board, and this might sound crazy, but maybe try looking on eBay and seeing if there's something out there that's similar, maybe the same model as, as what you did have, that that's in better condition. Um I'm I'm going to say, you know, don't hold your breath on that one because there's a good chance that, you know, there there isn't anything out there in good condition, but maybe you'll find something um that could work or or just give you some parts to to be able to mash something together for a while um on the low end price-wise. So that's that's one option. Um it, it may work or it may not. Then Um, there's a few different other options you could go with. So it sounds like your lights are in good working condition and your dimmer boxes are in good working condition. And so with conventional lights, um, there's no reason really to replace them, um, probably for the amount of use that you're using this stuff. Seeing as you're a small community theater, I'm just going to take some generalizations here. Um, So this may not be totally right, but I'm guessing you guys may do you know, some different shows each year at a handful of different shows, maybe three, four different shows as max. And and between Tech Week and the actual run of the show, you know, it may be 10, it may be two weeks, you know, total 10, to, 10 days to two weeks. And that you use those lights, you know, eight hours a day during those two weeks, um, four times a year, so that's eight weeks a year. At eight hours is not a lot of hours on the lights. And so for that reason, you know, switching to LED or something, while it sounds cool and trendy, it's not going to bring you guys a ton of cost savings. It's actually probably going to cost you a lot because you don't use your lights a ton. And that's that's probably why your stuff has stayed in good shape and, and kept working for so long, um, you know, after, um, you know, other people would have gotten rid of that stuff. So my first suggestion is to go check out um, Doug Fleener. And I'm going to link po- to their website, dfd.com. Um, Doug Fleener Designs, because they specialize in making weird and strange converter boxes. And so I don't know exactly what type of system you have. You may not know either. But if you're confused, you could probably just give them a call. If you have some some model numbers of the the board and the the fuse the different packs um that you've got, and just see if they have anything that would enable you to control those packs and those those uh, fuse boxes with a digital board, maybe something on the PC, maybe something that's a physical board. Um, I'll link to a post as well on Learn Stage Lighting about finding your first uh, DMX lighting console. And so, you know, you may be able to um, find some kind of adapter either from MicroPlex. I'm going to have a link to that as well in the show notes, um, all about MicroPlex. And just and if it's another type of analog, um, Doug Fleener, you know, they have just a lot of like kind of obscure products that can adapt between different, you know, various old or, or outdated protocols like like this analog system you've got. And so, you know, the, the best hope here obviously would be that, you know, you'd be able to find a box that's not too cost prohibitive that would allow you to keep all those dimmer packs and keep all those lights um, that still work and, and just still be using those. But, you know, get rid of that console that's that's causing you trouble if the rest of the stuff is in good working condition Um, now if you do go with a digital board one thought here is that um you may want to look at especially for some of your set lighting applications maybe getting a few led fixtures Um, they've really come down in price for some color mixing ones i mean i don't recommend color mixing you know red green blue ones for um for your front light because it doesn't look super natural but for lighting a set where you're going to want to use a bunch of different colors, and this light could could replace three or four lights, conventional lights, with one LED, you know, that may start to make sense. And, and they're going to be controlled by DMX as well. So um, I'm getting to to some brands as well, some entry-level brands like Alation, ADJ, uh, Chauvin, Blizzard, Um that I do recommend often to people, just you know, to look at, see, you know, maybe a couple of those could fit into your budget and and would really help you upgrade uh, the quality of your performances of the lighting for them. So, lastly, um, if your dimmer packs or your fuse boxes aren't still working, or you you figure out okay, there's there's no adapter box, um, there's no Doug Fleener box to be able to use the digital console with our old stuff, which would be sad, but. It could go that way. I, I, I'm i not in a position to say right now whether or not, um, you know, it's going to work that way or not for you. But if you do need to replace your dimmer packs, so I'm going to link to a post for that as well on Lauren Stage Lighting that just shows you my favorites some um, because there's a lot out there, especially on the inexpensive end. And I always want people to get something that's both quality but also inexpensive. So with that, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Um, show notes are going to be at LearnStageLighting.com slash zero one six. And hey, if you have been liking this show, if you could just go ahead and share it with somebody today, just post it out there on social media or email it to a friend or, you know, write it on a piece of paper and hand it to them. Um, LearnStageLighting.com slash podcast. And that will help this show grow. And I'm so thankful for your listening ears and for helping grow the show. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks.